0: Hello you guys and welcome back to Sunday Questions Podcast. I was honestly not going to put out an episode this week, even though I've gone two weeks without putting out an episode and I was like, you know what, people are not here for perfection or for pure entertainment. I think a lot of you guys, from what I've heard from you, it's so kind. A lot of you guys are like, it's honestly just like chatting with a friend or like being on a phone call. Obviously, it feels one way, um, but I love when you guys reach out to me after and so I was like, I just need to put something out because I've been really missing kind of like the podcast community and just there's been so much going on in the world right now that I feel like now is not the time to back off these senses of familiarity and these senses of community and just being able to create something on a platform that I love. So all that being said, welcome back to... Sunday questions. Happy October. This is my first episode in October and I feel like I'm really leaning into the fall situation. I have candles lit. I was so excited. I got three candles yesterday and uh, uh, TJ Maxx also. If you guys, TJ Maxx or Marshalls has the best candles for like six dollars because candles now cost an arm and a leg. Anyway, if you were around last year for my candle obsession, then you probably are familiar with just how excited I get about candles and lighting candles in my room so I feel very at peace right now it is currently family weekend at Vanderbilt and my older sister and my mom were able to come so we've been able to have such a special weekend and obviously you guys know about my relationship with my mom and how close we are but my older sister who I actually would love to have on the podcast I she could probably come on and talk about pop culture but My older sister and I have not always been the like typical sister relationship where people are like best friends texting each other all the time. I have a hard time texting anyone all the time other than my boyfriend and like my best friend. But other than that, I just like don't really, I'm not good at like long distance friendships. I struggle with them because I'm so good at being present with someone when I'm like with them, but I struggle when I'm not with them. Anyway, with my sister, I feel like over the past few months, I've really, really been making an effort to be really close with her like i would love to live with her after i graduate and just spend more time with her she's like so different from so many of my friends and the people that i surround myself with on a daily basis but there is nobody who i feel like safer around or laugh in the way that you can really only laugh with a sibling anyway it's been really nice to have her here and she hasn't been in nashville since last february and that was the same trip. If you guys listen to the episode with Sam, that Sam came for the first time. So, unfortunately, she was like kind of took a back seat, which was so kind of her, um, to Sam being here. And so, it's just been nice to have her here. And she is like the cutest thing in the world. She wants to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame to go to the Taylor Swift education thing. Mind you, she's going to be 25 next month. She's just the cutest thing in the world. And I don't know why I'm giving the whole spiel. She does not listen to the podcast because there's no um, visual element, as she says. Anyway, she's the greatest and it's been so nice to have my mom and my sister here and my mom bought me candles, so like I have zero complaints. Anyway, this episode is going to be on experiencing life in full and kind of just figuring out ways to cope with experiencing life and all of its beauty and pain and heaviness because there's just not only so much going on in the world right now, but I'm sure person to person, I feel like so many of my close friends and myself and... My family, like everyone's just going through kind of like little things that are popping up day to day or week to week. And I don't know if the stars are just aligning that way or if that is something, a product of this season of life. But either way, I wanted to talk about it, um, give you guys a little bit of an update on the last two weeks of life, which feel like they have been three months um, and how I've been feeling and, and why I'm doing episode On experiencing life in full, I just want to talk, like I said, about coping with the complexity and confusion that's inherent in life and finding beauty in the paradoxical nature that is life. And talking about the paradoxical nature, I know the word paradox, um, most people know, I'm sure, but if you're not familiar with how those things play out in life, it's basically just like a contradiction. And I listened to a really amazing episode of We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle that interviewed Gia Tolentino who is just amazing and she talks a lot about kind of just like the one percent of life that makes it all worth living and I listened to that on my run this week and it was really moving and I just found it there were some pain points there where I like she was talking about just like the contradiction of like being a sorority and also being a feminist and being two things at once and how those things oftentimes contradict one another and it was very much like calling people out in a really productive way and there were some humbling elements to it. Um, But she did a really good job of framing the like, of course, there's so much to get caught up in and so much devastation and so much confusion and trying to be perfect and so much shame to navigate um, as a consumer and as a friend and as a person. And at the end of the day, like there are these little moments that make it all worth living and that are so beautiful. And that's really what I've been trying to find in a lot of this devastation stuff that we'll talk about today. But If you haven't listened to that episode, one of my friends recommended it to me and I took so long to listen to it and I'm so glad that I waited actually until my run because I was like so tuned in to everything they were saying because it was either focus on that or focus on my legs going numb. So I decided to focus on Gia and it was awesome. So I did not intend to take two weeks off the podcast um, and in all honesty, the way that my limiting beliefs have been singing to me just a full chorus um as I've skipped two weeks of recording is actually insane it's like I swear every time I skip a week of recording or I skip two weeks or I go a little bit without putting out an episode my brain is like nice try there goes another venture failed and I know I want a podcast I really really know that like I know how much I love doing this I know how much I love communicating with you guys there are still moments when I can Hear myself making excuses for why I'm not doing it, and even now I like feel like I should just say like, oh well, I had all these guests lined up and the people canceled and whatever. At the end of the day, if I want a podcast, I should be able to pre-plan episodes and have things a little bit more organized. So I really do thank you guys for being so patient. And I feel like I say this every episode, but I really mean it. It's like it's so imperfect, and I'm still learning, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I want to have guests on, and I want to organize, but I don't want to inconvenience the guest, and so. Um, I've just been having a hard time navigating that and like scheduling people and Anyway, I am really hoping to get on some people that i've been chatting with just really excited about it It seems like everyone has a busy october Which I do as well. And so I totally get it But anyway, hopefully we can get some guests on for you guys because i'm sure you're getting tired of just listening to me Actually yap on here um but yeah, it's crazy, guys. The limiting beliefs. I had a seminar with my team, my lacrosse team, the other day on confidence and on acknowledging our limiting beliefs and I had everyone who wanted to share share their limiting beliefs and it was really amazing just to see like you exist with people that are so close to you every single day and you might not even know your best friend or your parent or your partner's limiting beliefs that they walk around with every single day and to be able to hear it from someone else else's mouth what they think they're incapable of or why they think they're different or what they think other people think of them is really powerful because you as a friend you're like what nobody would ever think that about you nobody would ever think xyz or, or nobody assumes that um, but our brains are very complex devices and it's a dicey enterprise to get into what thoughts we should be believing and what thoughts are not serving us so anyway I really have been trying to be aware of the limiting beliefs that are coming up as I am navigating just podcast stuff and being like okay I know I want a podcast I would love to podcast on a network eventually but these are the stepping stones I have to take in order to get there and it's like no one made their first podcast episode with the absence of like Alex Earl and people who are being signed to these networks and was perfect the first time so anyway I keep saying anyway this is like the most casual episode you guys So, I've been trying to remember, like I said, that I'm doing a lot right now and that two weeks of not getting to record is not a confirmation of the limiting belief that tells me you never follow through on your ideas. It's literally just life happening and I went to LA and I was traveling and I've had work stuff and that's fine. I also don't need to qualify any of that. If I was just sitting on my ass and I didn't want to record... That doesn't mean I'm going to be a failure in life. Like, yes, consistency is amazing with podcasting. Consistency is amazing with really anything um, that you're doing that serves you and that you want to be doing. But also, if you just need a few weeks off, as we're going to get into today, life is just happening and being able to cope with the complexities and the paradoxes and the confusion and the beauty and the excitement of life is a skill in and of itself that it takes a lifetime to learn. So in the past two weeks... I just feel like I have experienced life in full for the first time without resisting it. Like I feel like there's been a lot of neutralizing or trying to celebrate and go the positive route with life. There have been so many tears of happiness, tears of grief, frustration. There has been sincere celebration, flat uh, tires, yes, plural. Moments of overthinking, what's on my plate, moments of thinking about classes and the future and do I want to go to grad school and like things that are just popping up that have never popped up really before Um, but then also moments like spent laughing on the phone with Sam and nights of wishing that I was in the same place with him more than anything and more moments feeling like I'm in the right place doing the right thing and less feeling like I took a wrong turn somewhere or like I'm missing something so anyway as you can tell from that synopsis the past 2 weeks have truly been a life well lived and they've been very rich with experience and lessons and just feeling which is like the greatest thing ever a year ago October 2022 I literally just had to check what year it was I had just started Zoloft and I honestly I was certainly not depressed but Zoloft happens to is an antidepressant for those of you who don't know it's an SSRI and it kind of like in the beginning when you're adjusting to it makes everything a little bit gray like everything is very neutral like you could just like back into a pole and be like meh and I'm already kind of like that I'm already like meh c'est la vie. but it really emphasized it and I feel like it kind of took away my feelings of just like really special emotions and things being very sincere and very dear to me and it's been cool that a year later obviously still on Zoloft I love it. It has changed my life, but it's really, really cool to be able to say that I'm out of that period of kind of grayness, and that life has been so beautiful and colorful, and it's so cool, and medication has kind of weighed out for me, so that's totally a tangent, but if you guys are considering it, it has absolutely changed my life, but anyway... My intention with this episode is not to answer the question of how to live well or how to solve your life or how to make every day easier. I don't have an answer to any of those questions. I'm a 21 year old, Um, but I do have things that I've learned over the past few weeks that I want to talk about. And this episode is not going to be the greatest podcast episode you've ever listened to, but it is going to be sincere. It's going to be genuine and it's going to be like having a conversation with your friend. And that really is the only thing that I can ask for as a podcast creator. So here we go with things I've learned over the past few weeks living life in full. Number one, let yourself appreciate the stops along the way to where you ultimately want to be. It is so easy to look past the small moments of progress, whether it's in your career or your relationships or your fitness or your mental health, etc. And ask the big question of like, where and when and how am I going to get to where I want to be? And I actually asked my sister and my mom yesterday, I was like, what do you guys spend most of your time thinking about? My sister, unsurprisingly, was like, "Um, that is a crazy question. Maybe Taylor Swift, but mostly I just think about whatever I'm doing. And my mom didn't know her answer. And I was like, my answer is most definitely the life I want to create. And that is an amazing thing when you are priming your subconscious to attract things into your life that you know you want. But also it is a stressful habit to be constantly thinking about the future when realistically and not to be morbid, but like you don't even know how far you're really going to make it. So I've been trying to avoid the where and when and how am I going to get to be where I want to be and just trying to understand my values and what I want to create in this life. And it does not have to be this internal message of if you don't get the things that you want to create and the things that you're envisioning your life is going to be less than what you expected I can create a beautiful life and also let life's wisdom kind of integrate into whatever the universe or God wants to create for me and I know that's woo-woo but that's just the way that I think about it and the way that puts me at ease so I went to LA a few weeks ago and it was actually so surreal honestly um, also sidebar we found out while we were in LA, that the TEAMS Act, which is the bill targeting emotional and mental stability for student athletes, which would award a grant to schools with pilot programs, uh, paying just for mental health resources in college athletic administrations, that we've been working on um, with Colton Underwood and this amazing lobbying firm, called Invariant in DC. If you ever need a lobbying firm, they are amazing. Colton keeps one retainer. And I've been just so wildly impressed with the general intelligence levels of all of the men and women there. They're just outstanding. So we found out while we were in LA that the Teams Act was introduced by Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. So that's insane because I've been a huge Cory Booker fan. And Senator John Bozeman, And it was just so cool one to find that out because speaking of progress and wanting things to go a certain way, when I went to DC last February, I honestly had no idea if we were going to be able to get a bill introduced. I mean, passed is one thing, but introduced is also really difficult to do. Not only is it expensive, obviously not a dime of my money, um, but it is really expensive for the people who are at the top of the initiative, who are funding the lobbyists, and This has been a really cool piece of evidence for me as someone who really does want to make ideally worldwide change and maybe that sounds so ridiculous to say out loud and even I feel like I want to qualify it a million times but to make an impact on the national level and the policy level is such a big deal especially in mental health. It's like I feel like I talk so much especially in my TEDx talk that I'm giving in November. I talk so much about how We can't just keep ruminating on the mental health crisis and we have to actually start making tangible changes using funding and this is just such a good example of things coming to fruition in the way that they are supposed to um, and a sign to like keep going and keep at whatever you're doing, keep chipping away because you are making a difference. So it was really cool. To hear that the Teams Act had been introduced, and I'm really excited for the future of this bill. I'm also really excited to be spending more time in DC and just keep kind of showing up on the hill and seeing what kind of change we can make and how we can make the United States, in particular, a safer and more comfortable place for people struggling with mental illness and mental health challenges, how we can prevent those things. And I should do a whole episode on this now that I'm talking about it because it really is kind of like my passion project if you will but also I would love it this became my job eventually that would be the dream but I currently am not exactly monetizing which is not a big deal I'd way rather pass bills and get them introduced and everything um than make money from this but anyway I got to meet so many incredible people in this space um that I've just been dying to be a part of for as long as I can remember And I was, like, one of those kids who would hold my family hostage and make them watch me sing and dance and put on shows. So I won't be bashful about it. Like, I've always wanted to have a sort of platform, and I think that's something that's so interesting because a lot of the people who have platforms now grew up wanting to have a platform, but then suddenly we become, like, bashful about it, and it's like, well, maybe some people are just interested in the entertainment industry, interested in creating a personal brand, and... I kind of feel like I fall into that category so and I know there's people who listen to this that also feel that way like I see people making the day in the life videos sidebar you guys if you've been dying to make a day in the life video or like one of those like picture slides on TikTok and you're like no one cares I care I care about what you're doing I want to watch them all I love day in the life videos they make me so happy and I love seeing what people are doing, even if it you don't think it's fun. You don't have to be going to a music festival and a Pilates class and the smoothie shop in order to make it interesting. I care. I always want to comment on people's day in the life when there's like 100 likes and be like, please never stop doing these because I love them so much, and they make me so happy. So anyway, I see you guys, and I know that people on here also feel the same way about wanting to create a personal brand, and we've talked on here a lot about how does everyone want to be an influencer or are we projecting whatever that is kind of tangential to this but anyway I won't be bashful I've always wanted to kind of be in the scene of people who are making a difference people who are and I'm not saying that only people in the entertainment industry are making a difference obviously people in every industry are making a difference both positive and negative and the entertainment industry certainly has so many negative implications and I'm not saying I want to be in the entertainment industry in particular, but it has been really cool to meet people at E! News and meet people at The Messenger, meet people at The New York Times and all these amazing people and Variety and Amazon Prime, like people that are working at these massive companies that are making differences in terms of like not only consumer behavior, but like the cultural zeitgeist and all of these things that we consume every day subconsciously without even knowing. So I got to go to this event and I mean, let's be real, everyone there was more famous than me. I'm not famous at all. So that immediately puts everyone there um, ahead. But it was so funny. This really kind woman came up to me and was like, what do I know you from? Like, I know I know you from something. And I was like, oh my gosh, she is so confused. Um, I honestly don't know. I was like, I have no idea maybe just a familiar face she's like oh did you go to DC with Colton and I was like oh yeah maybe that could make sense but it was very very funny because everyone there was like a musician or a DJ or a policymaker or someone who was very well known and recognizable and I was just like jaunting around being a little silly little student athlete mental health advocate um but again I feel like I kind of got this and I was thinking about this this morning when I woke up I kind of got this like taste of The future that I want career-wise of like meeting people who are like-minded and who are creative and when I got back I was like oh my gosh instead of just sitting there and celebrating like wow look how far I've come I'm doing what I want to do I was like oh my gosh how do I replicate that how can I really keep my foot in the door and then I was like Kayleen you just need to trust that life is happening for you and nothing that's for you will ever miss you like If that is a career path for me, if I'm supposed to keep going to events like that, I will. And I just need to let life come to me and keep doing the things that feel good, keep doing the things that align with my values. And I'm so grateful for that experience. I'm so grateful to have been welcomed by Colton and his team into a totally different stratosphere of people who are making change on the policy level, making change creatively. And I just feel really lucky to be a part of it. And I'm not going to rob myself of that gratitude by. Acting like I should do more or fearing that it's going to go away at some point. I'm realizing that might not be super relatable because not everyone went to like a celebrity pickleball tournament two weeks ago, but I really feel like you can apply that to whatever you're doing. Like if you are in an honors program at your college, if you are getting a starting spot on your team this year, if you are in a relationship, it's so easy to be in those things that you have always prayed for and always wanted. And then ask yourself, like, well, how do I keep it? How do I make sure it doesn't go away? And it's like, we need to work on not robbing ourselves of the experience of presence and gratitude by trying to create more of what we already have. It just, like, breeds greed and that greed begets dissatisfaction with what you already have and it's not productive. So if you want to join me in believing that we're on our way to something wonderful and just being grateful to be alive and be able to feel it all in full... Please jump on this train. And on a totally different note, this is the kind of second lesson I'll say that I learned this past week. Um, So, last week, I experienced for the first time really finding out that someone I'd grown up with had passed away pretty suddenly and very suddenly. Uh, And I actually found out over Instagram, and I opened Instagram, found out this information, and it was one of the first times that I didn't try to push off any feelings of grief when I found out that someone who I'd watched grow up pass away. I honestly, for the first time in my life, just coexisted with the grief and I didn't scrutinize the thoughts that came along with it of things like, you didn't know them well enough to feel sad about this or you could be a better friend and check in on everyone. I bet this is affecting your friends more than it's affecting you. And it was crazy. It was really a crazy experience to feel at once the pain and the beauty of grief and I was really surprised because every time someone in my life has passed away and I'm really really grateful because I have never lost someone super close to me and I have an interesting relationship with grief just because of my kind of like spiritual philosophies I guess and just life philosophies and perspective. But this was just genuinely a devastating tragedy. Um, But I tried to just let myself coexist with the grief and I didn't try to scrutinize any of it or find meaning in what was, like I said, ultimately just a tragic turn of events. Um, And it just sucks. And I was so touched when I was on the phone with my mom and she recalled to me the ways in which our town showed up for the family and for each other in a moment of intense devastation. And my friend's mom, who is an outstanding writer, as you'll hear soon, shared this post that felt like a hug for my soul. So I wanted to share it and it was just so beautiful. She's like the most talented writer and she wrote these things, the good and tender hearts of ordinary people who seek to buffer sadness for others and who encircle them as best they can with love and chicken cutlets and coffee and blankets and their simple steadfast presence. That when we are all sure we cannot possibly bear all that life lays before us, we so often rise up just the same when unwanted packages and burdens appear. That it is no small thing to be a resident of Ridgewood, New Jersey, and that for all this town's faults and failings, it exemplifies kindness, community, and anonymous good deeds like no place I've ever known. That my children have been raised in this town and are not only strengthened by this community, but are now young adults who seek to support others within it that we are all so desperately entirely vulnerable on this earth, that each of us, the mailman and the colicky baby and the CEO and the handyman and the middle schooler and the algebra teacher and the hairstylist and the baker and the house painter and the basketball coach and the bank teller are all more precious than rubies, than diamonds, than gold. If only we could see that unending, infinite truth. If only we could know that in our bones for sure. And the reason I wanted to share that was because when I heard it, it just felt like a hug for my soul. And it reminded me that you don't need to make yourself find beauty in loss or meaning in devastation, but there is such a special human experience in keeping an eye out for community, for kindness. Every bit of life, both mundane and extraordinary, is so much more precious than we let ourselves realize. And truly, every single day that we wake up and get to live our life is the most powerful meaning we can possibly assume from the world. So I know people from my town listen to my podcast, and younger than me, older than me, our whole town has felt this loss and has felt every loss that our town has ever experienced. And I feel like I grew up at odds with living in a small suburban town, and only now At 21, being kind of removed from that town, I feel really grateful to have been raised in a town that exemplifies support as that post detailed. So anyway, I wanted to share that just because I know that people I love and people that I love, love listen to this podcast and I wanted everyone to feel the same kind of gratitude i do for that community and also be able to recognize that you can just be devastated and it can just be tragic and you can also wake up the next day and celebrate life that was lost and celebrate the existence of a wonderful human being and celebrate the fact that the world loved someone enough to miss them so that is what i've learned about grief in the past 2 weeks and That really is the most beautiful post. I will have to let my friend's mom know that I read that on here. And she has work in the New York Times also, if you are a fan. She has lots of essays on her Instagram. Um, Her name is Kathleen Harris. Also, I should share that. Next, so this kind of goes along with what I was just talking about, but the mantra I've been trying to remind myself of recently, something that I've actually heard a few times but only really resonated with over the past month, is that... I like to pretend I already died and ask God to send me back to earth so I can swim in lakes again and see mountains and get my heart broken and love my friends and cry so hard in the bathroom and go grocery shopping a hundred thousand times more. It just says a thousand times and go grocery shopping a thousand more times and that I promised I would never forget the miracle of being here. And that's just been kind of my mantra going along with not only the grief thing, but just Every experience of life recently, whether it has been just euphoric or it has been so mundane and inconvenient, I've just been like, I I hopefully volunteered myself to be here and it's such an honor and I'm so grateful and pleased to be on earth and experiencing this life and even in its imperfections and even in its mundanities and its inconveniences and frustrations and how confusing it can be. I really do feel like I've just found so much beauty and light in that mantra of saying okay well I'm so lucky I get to be here and I think a lot of people especially in this kind of like podcasting spiritual conversation I've heard so many people be like I'm just not made for earth like I'm just not made I'm I'm of a different whatever and it's like don't you it's so cool that we get to be here like it's so cool that we get to do this it's so cool that I get to be a human being and feel all the things that I feel and fall in love and fail an exam and go to school and like go on a run like I don't even know I just everything feels so amazing and surreal all that being said last week I experienced this and I was practicing this so I was dropping Emma who if you don't know is my best friend off at her class and I didn't realize that there was a super high curb in the roundabout that I was dropping her off at and I turned onto the curb and you guys it was literally like pff, pff. that's what it sounded like. And so I ran to the curb and I got not one but two flat tires and the sidewall on both of my tires had torn. You guys it was a super gnarly curb and it just jumped out. I don't know what to say. I did nothing wrong. Um so I needed new tires and my car ended up spending almost five days in the shop before I could go pick it up. And when I first saw the tires, this was like a Thursday night, um, I started crying and was like, literally, how did I manage that? I called Sam and I was like, I don't even know how I did that. Why did I get two tires, two flat tires? I was like so unwell. Calling my parents being like, I'm so sorry. And they're like, they're literally rubber discs. You're going to live. Uh, And then I was like, okay, why am I crying? They are literally rubber discs and I'm fortunate enough to be able to get new ones and have insurance, people who will come pick it up. And I was like, okay, yeah, wow, I'll be fine. It was literally a Thursday afternoon and it was so inconvenient, but I didn't feel like calling anyone that night. So I just left my car in the parking garage. Thankfully, I was able to get it home and went upstairs and I sat in my shower for like 45 minutes and I was like, okay, I feel better. And I hung out with my friends that night and I, we watched a funny movie and I was fine. So, like I said, I don't want this to come across as tone deaf at all. Obviously, there's so many people who aren't able to use a roommate's car or who don't have insurance and for whom this would be a massively disruptive price. to Their financials, maybe people who drive for a living. Um, and I know that. And the reality with this is that it's all relative. So I could have spent the five days without my car, wishing I hadn't offered to drive my friend to class that day or stress out about the outcome with my car. But instead, I chose to focus on the things for which I am endlessly grateful. Like, my roommate has a car she so kindly let me use over the weekend. My parents were so patient with me and forgiving, even though my dad's name is on the title of the car. Um, Direct quote out of Timbo was, this too shall pass. And I was like, Facts um and the fact that the men at the tire store were so kind and ended up fixing my brakes which were actually dangerously low to the ground and they said that if I hadn't brought my car in and this also was my dad vetted this they weren't just trying to like sell me more stuff it's actually really great if you're ever in Nashville discount tires on Charlotte Avenue is the best they're so nice and efficient and want you to not have to pay a million dollars so Um, my brakes have been kind of weird for a little bit and I drive a lot like I drove from Jersey to Tennessee I drove from Jersey to Baltimore a million times in the spring and summer and so my car just has been through it and I've had it for a few years and the the wheel would always shake when anyone drove it myself included and everyone would be always everyone that borrowed my car would always be like why does your car feel like it's shaking like when you're It feels like it's going over the side of the highway when there's like bumps on the shoulder so that you get back on the road. And they told me, they were like, if you hadn't had these fixed, probably in the next like week, you would have had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to have them fixed or like honestly get a new car. I was like, wow, what a great thing that I had to come in and get some tires fixed. And I realized that this is such a dumb problem and I realized that some people actually would go into debt over this and I'm really really grateful that my parents were able to help me out and that we have insurance and I do not want to be tone deaf I really don't um but it really was a good kind of just minute example of the lesson that is not to throw in the towel when you get two flat tires metaphorically and also literally but to have the perspective to say okay this may not be the most convenient turn of events but they're discs of rubber or in any other case X xyz something that's probably not a huge deal, maybe replaceable, maybe just something that's inconvenient throughout the day. Um, discs are rubber and I'm going to be okay. There is so much value in just telling yourself I'm going to be okay because um, you're going to be okay. In moments like this one, my best advice is to look ahead to the point where this is behind you. You just get excited for that moment. Like when I, it was Thursday afternoon when I got my two flat tires and I was like, this is going to be so inconvenient. I'm going to have to call insurance, call the tow truck. And I was like, you know what? Just do it and you're going to feel so good when all this is over. And it ended up not being nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. People were so helpful and wanted to help me out. So this is eventually whatever you're small, maybe I'm not saying this like death or something like being fired. I mean, in some cases being fired, but whatever you are really struggling with right now if it is something that you can equate to, this too shall pass, life will continue on, I will be okay. Just get excited for the moment when this is nothing more than a memory you hope to never relive, but understand that if you had to relive it again, you'd be okay. Next, I am going to do a whole episode on what I've learned about life from training for a marathon because wow, there is literally so much. But the most meaningful lesson I'm learning is that you can disprove your limiting beliefs pretty easily. All you have to do is provide enough contradictory evidence that your silly little brain starts to realize that the limiting belief you once held was nothing more than that, a belief. I really went through this phase and I'm kind of on my way out of the phase that I really thought I just like didn't like hard work or that I was afraid of hard work. This pervaded actually every area of my life. Like I thought I was afraid of hard work with relationships. I thought I was ha- afraid of hard work in my career and the reality is I'm not I would not be where I am today if I did not work really hard to get to where I am and I think part of this has to do with playing college lacrosse while being burnt out on the sport and just feeling like I didn't have it in me to continue being as driven or competitive with sports as I was in the past but then my brain did what brains do and use that experience as evidence to convince myself that I can't work hard or do difficult things and honestly thank goodness that I'm running this marathon during such a pivotal point in my life career-wise and just development wise because I'm realizing what a load of bullshit that was that I like don't like hard work or that I can't work hard or that I like, wasn't made to work hard like, I can work really hard when I care about something um, and I was 18 miles into my 19 mi- mile run the other day when I was like wow I am actually so proud of myself for continuing to do this training despite the fear that I feel before a long run because it's like acute fear of being like what if this is terrible what if I feel horrible? What if I get nervous that I'm going to flop on the marathon? And it's like, okay, whatever. Go on the run and just take it mile by mile, take it step by step. step. And I know it's kind of become a cliche at this point, but I kept reciting to myself, I can do hard things on my run. And I don't know if it's because it was 5am and I was sleep deprived, but it, it was firing me up like no other. I was like, literally on the verge of tears being like, yes, I can. I really can. And like, it was actually so special to be able to like, convince myself I really can do difficult things and it's just a matter of showing up and being willing to fail and being vulnerable to failure being vulnerable to falling short of your goal but just continuing to show up and show up and chip away and show the universe or God or the people that you're around that you want that you want that thing and you're willing to work hard for it um, so I'm not saying that anyone has to run a marathon in order to disprove their limiting beliefs But it is so worth trying to understand what your limiting beliefs are so that you can figure out what you need to do and disprove those things. And finally, I would not do a podcast episode right now without acknowledging this. I wanted to talk a little bit about the humanitarian crisis and war in the Middle East because this would not be an episode about grief and the paradox of life without talking about what is going on right now and the fact that it is and should be in every conversation. That we're having about humanity and about war and whatever. But Jordan Brown shared something that I felt really concisely framed how I was feeling as someone who's a pacifist and also someone who is completely devastated by the anti-semitism that Hamas has invited worldwide into the public consciousness. Not to say that anti-semitism was not disturbingly present before, but it is heartbreaking to see how open people are being about it, how accepted it is being in so many terrifyingly dark corners of the world right now and i my heart breaks for my jewish friends and for their families in israel and jordan brown posted and said it is absolutely reasonable and logical to be opposed to the israeli government's treatment of palestinians while simultaneously calling for the protection of jews in israel and around the world hamas is a terrorist organization that is attacking civilians by land air and sea the images of kidnapped israelis are shocking and devastating Given the thousands of years of persecution of Jews, please know that your Jewish friends, even if they are not in Israel, are hurting and are fearful when things like this happen and non-Jews are silent. I understand many of us are afraid to voice an opinion because the crisis there is so nuanced and hard to understand, and we are afraid of saying the wrong thing. But we can and we must always use our voices to denounce terrorism and the senseless murder of civilians." And I've been reading the book, Son of Hamas, over the past week, and it's written by one of the seven founders of the Hamas organization, which is a terrorist organization. One of the founder's sons wrote a book about his experience in the Middle East and having the fa- his father as a father. And honestly, it is a really disturbing read in some ways, but also it's helped me gain a far more informed understanding of just how much life... And humanity and justice has been lost in this region of the Middle East. And to be completely clear, because I just want to be clear, I stand with Israel and with the Jewish community against the terrorism of Hamas. And I want my Jewish friends and followers to know that this is a safe corner of the internet for them. And my heart aches for innocent Palestinian people in Gaza who are suffering. And these two things can be true at the same time. This is literally the darkest corner of the world right now, and I don't need to be an expert on the nuances of land distribution or religion or colonialism to understand that this is completely heartbreaking. And for those of you wondering how to support your Jewish friends, or perhaps you have friends from Palestine who recognize the tragedy happening and are being conflated with Hamas terrorists, you can just reach out and ask how they're doing check in. You don't need to be a perfect historian or a religious genius to extend a hand or a hug to make sure that the people in your life who are hurting know that you love them and that you're there to listen. And I've talked to lots of my Jewish friends the past week and I had one friend just say like, I don't know what to do because I feel so hurt by people who aren't reaching out and I'm not saying that you are wrong or a bad friend for not reaching out, but if the reason you're not reaching out is because you don't want to say the wrong thing, remember that you know how to be a friend, you know how to love people, you know how to care for people, and just to be able to reach out and say, hey, how are you? This is scary. How are you day to day? Do you want to come over and have dinner? Just giving people a safe place. And also, I know there's like all this rhetoric about Instagram activism, and I was gonna have an expert on and try to do an episode on kind of the complexities of Instagram activism and how Weird, it can feel to see all these posts that are like post about this, post about this. Don't look away, and then also be like feeling really helpless when you're posting things on Instagram because it kind of feels like you're not doing anything, frankly. And I don't, I hope I don't sound like an asshole for saying that because it's like so much of what we share on our social media platform should be what we care about, but there is this fatigue that should be recognized. Like I deleted Instagram for a few days this week just because. I was having nightmares about the things I was seeing. And I mean, what a privilege it is to say I was having literally hypothetical nightmares about things I'm not going through when people are really, really living this nightmare day in and day out. So I just wanted to acknowledge that obviously I feel so grateful that I'm safe and that I am literally a a white, non-religiously affiliated U.S. citizen and I am very safe. And it just... If you are experiencing the same fatigue and guilt and shame, whatever it may be about how much you're sharing or if you are not sharing anything at all, I just want you to know that your relationship with how you share on Instagram is not and should not be a reflection of who you are as a person and what you believe in. It really is a matter of how you treat people and the way that you welcome people of all diverse identities into your communities and into the spaces in which you exist and it really is not a reflection of you whether or not you post something on Instagram and I'm not saying this to cop myself out of sharing things I will share things if I believe that they are going to help educate people if I believe that they are going to point people towards resources that are truly going to be impactful but I just want everyone to realize that Instagram activism is something that we are all still navigating because it is so new And we have seen it with so many humanitarian crises, and that does not mean that we should stop posting. That does not mean we should stop pointing people towards the right resources. Social media is so powerful in the sense of how much it can impact something like this. But it does not help to add to people's stress and guilt and confusion and the tragedy here to shame people for their behaviors on social media when It doesn't help to further shame ourselves for feeling a little bit paralyzed when it comes to what do I share, what is the right thing to share. Continue educating yourself, continue talking to your friends of diverse backgrounds, continue conversing with your Jewish friends and understanding what's going on, and Make an effort to educate yourself, honestly, is all I can really say. And then also, give yourself grace. The world is a hard place to live. Like I said, it's so beautiful to live here. And it is such a wonderful, wonderful experience um, a lot of the time. And it's also a really devastating and confusing experience. And I think being able to let yourself coexist with that complexity is going to make your life a lot easier. All that being said, my heart is with the Jewish community. Truly, my heart is I can't even put it into words, to be honest, just how devastated I am by this and how heartbreaking it is and the way that it devastates me to think about people being afraid to leave their houses in the U.S. and all around the world because of anti-Semitism. To see the hate that is present in the Middle East is devastating in and of itself and to see it pervade the entire globe is just sickening and shocking. And I'm not an expert on this, so I will not continue talking about this at length, but I love you all. Every single person who listens, regardless of your identity, what you look like, who you are. I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope we can all find space and safe corners of the world for ourselves today and tomorrow and the next day. And I love you guys. And thank you guys for listening to this incredibly imperfect episode of Sunday Questions, a podcast.